up, dude? How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Got a good show today. We have Dale Moss on the show. <laughs> Excited to have him. So much to talk to this guy. Uh, he, it's, I'm very interested. I'm very curious uh, what he's got to say. You know, We've been trying to get Dale for a while, so I, I think yeah. this is a big get for us. I mean, Bachelor Nation, I think, is so fascinated with him and Claire and just their evolu- their their relationship, you know, how they went from getting on the the bachelorette to like just falling in love with each other. And so, you know, to, I, I don't to know, falling in love to falling out of love to possibly falling in love. What they broke up for like a half a second, right? And then they were like back together. Whatever. I'm I'm curious to hear about it all, honestly. Yeah, I want to hear him kind of set the record straight. I mean, we got to and we got to ask about Colton, right? I mean, that's kind of like the biggest story in entertainment news right now. <sighs> Dax, Does he know Colton? Do you know? I don't think so, but Dax, were you shocked? Totally shocked. And why? No I clues? had no idea. I I honestly and I feel like I'm pretty tied in with entertainment news, and I've always heard all the rumors throughout the years with other people. And I woke up, saw the news from GMA, and I was like, whoa, that came out of left field. I mean, you know, I, did you have any inclination? Oh, yeah. I, I, I think That was I, like a normal thing? I, I had no idea. I think I knew he was gay when his penis was in my mouth. And yeah. uh, no, I'm just kidding. That's so weird. <laughs> Uh, no, I, uh, <laughs> that's so stupid. I, uh, <laughs> You're such an idiot. I, uh, but here's the funny part. It's like, he's got the, it's, it seems almost a little too calculated in my opinion. It's just weird how he's kind of, it's weird how he kind of, he, you know, he was in a relationship with this girl. They break up. It's a bad breakup. And then there's also the restraining order pretty much against them because was it a restraining order? Uh, yeah, I think it was a restraining order. It, it was just like he was stalking this girl. So it was some pretty bad press on Colton. Then all of a sudden I it comes mean, out of can, nowhere. Can you kind of think that the kid clearly was struggling big time inside of his own head? I mean, that's when I listened to him talking to Robin, it sounds like he struggled a lot. He didn't know who he was. He didn't know where to go. He didn't know how to, like, just live life. And so... I, and I'm not saying that I, that excuses his behavior by any means, but I think there is a level of just uh, your own mental mind fuck every yes. day of your life. And not only that, so he's gay and then goes on the number one dating, heterosexual dating reality show on the planet. You know what I'm saying? So it's not only are you messed up in your head, but now you're like, I'm trying to prove to the entire world that I'm straight. I, I don't know. It's crazy. Here, Well, here's what we do know right now. We know that he is working on a series, a documentary series on Netflix. They've been recording that. So we know that he is working on, and I'm sure he's gonna get, he got paid or is getting paid very well for that. Oh, I'm sure. One thing people do not know, and I know, is that his team has been working very hard on the PR end. And they've been trying to call the paparazzi and do these setup shots with the paparazzi. And I know that the photographers were getting a call the last few days saying, hey, listen, Colton is staying at this hotel. Get him around West Village. Get him in the at this hotel leaving. He's got a big announcement coming the next few days. So it's kind of funny how they were trying to really make this a big deal and get, you know, do the, the setup shots. But I, again, I don't fault them for that. I mean, that's their job to get press. And it, any publicist or agent or celebrity that call the paps, you know me. I, I do not 
balk at that at all. That's yeah. that is a way to get press. Listen, you know, I, I think you can get more press through a paparazzi than you can sometimes get sitting down with you know a, a huge television show. I agree. And listen, I will out you if you call the paparazzi. I will not out you if you call me. If you well, call not, me, and want to do setup okay, shots? I will. In this I will situation, call you out. not outing if they're gay or not. Outing yeah, the fact yeah. that they call the paps. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's make, <laughs> let's make that. Yeah, I should set that straight. I will out you that you call the paparazzi. If you don't call me, call it. If you call me, dude, we're, we're best friends, man. Help me out. Help, help You'll me out. You'll never mention that you called him. But if you don't call me, I will find out that you called other paparazzi <laughs> and you were trying to, you know, so there's a little smoke and mirrors there, but I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for today's guest. We got Dale Moss on the show before we get to Dale. Um, Dax, do we have any reviews? So <laughs> let me pull one up. Cause you know, I'm supposed to be prepared and I'm supposed to like have these ready. Yeah. But I totally didn't, and I'm a slackass, so I'm going to do it right now. Hold on, so I'm just going to pull the, the first one I you, see. The best thing you do to support this podcast, leave a review, five-star only. And if you do that, we'll read it live on air um, because we need, we need that. It helps out with the algorithm. That's just how iTunes works, and that's the best thing you do to support this podcast. Dax has that review ready, and he's reading it now. Ready. Okay, so this okay. one came from... Every nickname was taken. <laughs> uh, D-A-M-G. Uh, it says, my new obsession. Love this podcast as Dax and Adam totally deliver every week. The questions they are the ones I am interested in. Adam always brings the heat while Dax just brings the ketchup. Bravo. <laughs> and that is a great, a great review. Yeah, Dax, thanks Thank for bringing the ketchup. Uh, Dax. I, I, listen, I'm bringing the ketchup, whatever that means. <laughs> I am bringing it. I love it, man. Thank you uh, for that review. Uh, and again, that's the best thing to do to support this podcast. Leave a review. And uh, again, it helps out the algorithm. Dax, tell us about our guest today. All right. So our guest today is a former NFL player, philanthropist, and is now one of the most popular fiancés in the world as he got engaged on a little television show that we all know, The Bachelorette, Mr. Dale Moss. Welcome, buddy. Dale, thanks for coming on the podcast. Obviously, we know you have a huge important announcement about you uh, yep. that you wanted to come forward. You know, I know Robin Roberts and Colin just had a big announcement. And now you came on this podcast. You have a very big announcement. Do you want to talk about it now? Uh, the big announcement is <laughs> that I'm here. That's actually it. Um, but uh, this is my first interview I think I've done, damn, almost since November. Um, but yeah. Uh, but no, I was happy to connect with y'all boys. And, and the fact that Colton had his news the other day, I mean, I mean, that's major, um, everything that he's been through within the franchise. Um, and just the fact that he's was willing to speak his truth, uh, is, is something that's admirable. And I know that that's something that's not easy, but it was great to see how many people rallied behind him. The bachelor franchise really embraced that. Um, and, you know, whatever happens moving forward, as long as he's happy and that's where he's at in his life and he can, you know, go go through each and every day and feel good about himself. Like that's nothing but love and respect. Did you know the Bachelor franchise, like all the people, I feel like it's a really tight knit group of people. Yep. Everyone's doing each other's podcasts and everyone's running into each other on in the outside world. Was there any rumblings of this? Because for me personally, I did not see this coming. But then I've talked to other people. They're like, oh, yeah, like there's been talk, blah, blah. Did you have any inclination? I mean, on, uh, I had no idea. And I'm obviously new to the franchise. And um, especially 
with the way that this year went and and last year with filming and you know coming off the show i personally kind of tried not to focus as much on the franchise just to really focus on personal um obviously things with like claire and i but um there's talks about it but it's hard with media and social media to really understand where all the rumblings are coming from because the internet is brutal, right? Uh, Twitter and all those things will say a little bit of everything. And I know that people were uh, talking about his sexuality before in a, maybe a joking manner or people who had no idea or understanding, but I think he kept it really, really close to himself. And you got to understand that Colton growing up as an athlete, going through the NFL and all these other things, especially being in the spotlight in the media, I'm sure he held on to that even tighter than ever because of the pressures that he already had being through the franchise as in on the bachelorette and then the bachelor and obviously his, his relationship with, which was public. Um, but it, it caught me, um, it, you know, it, it definitely caught me by surprise for sure. Yeah. Do you think it's now time? I, I you know, you got, you got to ask yourself and I guess, do you think, uh, do you think there could be a gay bachelor series? I mean, I think that anything is possible, right? We're the number one thing that we're seeing in general is about uh, inclusivity and also just embracing other people's differences. And you know, while I don't see that happening, maybe like in the near future on one of the major networks, um, I definitely think that there's there's a place for it. And whatever it is, like it's again, it's something that people will support and embrace. Um, but it's it's not a reach you know to to think that that's coming very soon i I gotta think it's like it's a layup with him right i mean it literally is the perfect situation he's already done the bachelor now it's a different situation but i mean i i don't see it like you said happening on network tv but i think that there is a spot that they could they could really capitalize on this situation yeah, well, I think if anything, in this instance, is a great chance for him to tell his story, however that may be. Documentaries are so powerful. Um, and also, this all comes back to what he's comfortable with. Obviously, this is something that's fresh, right? Um, but it's it's a pretty powerful story, you know, based on what I know from outside looking in with um, him coming up through sports and being in the public spotlight and then having to kind of pivot and speak and go in the direction of his truth. So it, um, you know, whatever he's comfortable with in due time, I'm sure that there will be a lot more things and a lot of requests with it. But I think just telling his story and doing it in depth and making sure that he it's told in the way that he wants it told without um, different editing and everything to take away from the actual magnitude of that decision and obviously his life. Yeah. So let's start from the beginning because I feel like you're the kind of guy we haven't heard much from you. You haven't done a lot of interviews, so I yeah. thank you for coming on. You know, we saw you as the good-looking former NFL player on The Bachelorette, but you grew up where? I grew up in South Dakota, man. Uh, I've a uh, small town, Brandon, South Dakota, about 5,000 people. And I was in South Dakota throughout pretty much uh, all the way through college. So I played basketball and football at South Dakota State University. Um, but I, I love where I grew up. It's a, a great area. A lot of my family is still there, and I don't I don't shy away from it in any way, shape, or form. And you, you, yeah. say, you played in, you made it to the NFL yourself, right? Like after after one year playing football. Yeah, one year. Possible. 
So I was a basketball player uh, in college. I played four years um, and that was my first love. My mom played on a U.S. national team that traveled the globe uh, while she was in college. Um, I always wanted to play in the NBA. Uh, when I was finished with uh, college basketball, I had an opportunity to play professionally overseas. But the more I thought about it, I was like, I, I have no interest in going over to Europe. Like my family's here. Everything's here. I was recruited for football as well. And I went out for one year. And it gave me a shot. Um, I ended up signing with the Packers as a free agent and then uh, spent three seasons with the Chicago Bears. That's great. So what yeah. position were you? Sorry, I don't even. I was, yeah, I was a wide receiver. So it's okay. funny because now uh, I got a baby face. I've ever, I can barely grow facial hair. But um, I mean, that was I graduated college in 2011. So that was uh, like. 10 years ago when I started that journey. Um, and, you know, I've been in New York for the last five years, which everyone is always like, oh, you're in New York. Like, where do you live? Do you live there? I've been here for five years, you know? Um, but that's a, that's a chapter that I think definitely really helped and prepared me for a lot of things after the fact. And I love competing. I still stay very close with a lot of guys. Um, you know, I've done things with the NFL PA around Super Bowl. And that's something that I always want to keep a close tie to. Now, so when you only play, you played for a few years. So do you receive an NFL pension for that? How does that work? Yeah. So I like after you have four accredited seasons, uh, there's a pension. Um, and they're actually coming out with a lot more things because they're understanding even, you know, guys that played for a short term, uh, the effects, the injuries. Um, but there's so many set, like benefits if these athletes and these players really look into it, um, whether that's continued education, getting assistance on um, if you want to go back for a degree. And the NFLPA and the Players Trust really does a great job of trying to make sure that every player, whether it was only one or two years or if it was 10, 15 years, is included and taken care of after the fact. And um, there's also just a ton of research that's going on, just overall health. I think that's a focus more than ever um, because I've seen it first and foremost. Guys that I played with are having you know issues and injuries. And we talk about like the the dementia that develops and things because of concussions. Like it's it's a real thing. So um, I personally, even though I had a short term in the league have tried to take advantage of, of a lot of those benefits, um, but also the education and the resources. And I, I can't tell you how much it's helped me, uh, overall in areas well beyond football. Yeah. So, so then, so, yeah, I was going to say, so then you leave the NFL, you move to New York. What yeah. do you do for money? Like what, what, what was your, what was your job when you moved to New York? Were you yeah. You know, all I do is, uh, I just hang out at party city and, uh, um, so I was actually uh, at the time when I signed with Wilhelmina, I was the first pro athlete to sign with them on their, uh, their roster for their fitness division. This was when they first started. Um, and so modeling was something that I did right away. Um, and it's one of those New York stories, right? I, I came out here, um, to work on a project with Nike at the time, booked it. And then I booked like four more things within, like uh, a week and a half and I just never left. Um, I love the city. I always knew I wanted to be here. And before I flew out for that, I never, I had never been to New York. Um, I was in LA training in the off seasons. I signed with Wilhelmina out there, but I always, that I ended up getting pulled out here to New York. Um, and then from that point, 
I went to school for video production and digital production, and I always wanted to either produce events um, or film. And I've always wanted to host. And, you know, I've gotten a lot of people say, oh, he's just using this for the fame and, you know, Ryan Seacrest and that. I think that some of the most impactful people in our society right now are storytellers or people who enhance other people's stories, like just like with the podcast, just like with a lot of these people in, um, you know, whether it's CNN or like a Trevor Noah um, you know, Michael Strahan's done a great job. Nate Burleson, I think he's been so versatile. And I think there's something really special about that. And that's what I started doing early. Outside of modeling, I was hosting a lot of live events and experiences, and I was helping produce a lot of them just through relationships with different brands, clients, and also talent in the industry. All right, guys, let's take a quick break. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by uh, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is awesome, aren't they? It's Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? I feel like every person has had that kind of issue at some point in their life and you want to talk to someone. Maybe it's not the best thing in the world to talk to a friend or a family member. It's not easy, right? Let's not sugarcoat it. It's not easy to always seek advice from other people or help from other people. That's why BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's super easy. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. This is not a crisis line. It's not a self-help line. This is legit professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. And you can log on to your account anytime, day or night. Send a message directly to your counselor. You'll get a timely, thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule a weekly video or phone sessions. You won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room like you have to do with traditional therapy. That's the worst. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. Listen, BetterHelp just wants to help you start living a happier life today. So you can go to their website, read all through their testimonials. I mean, there's literally hundreds posted daily. I've got one right here that popped up. Shelly Jans wrote, From the beginning, I felt that my counselor understood what I was going through and was able to support me in a way that was healthy. I just thought that was like a really... You know, you can you can get a sense of what these counselors are really like. That's a great review. There's plenty more. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Hollywood Raw. That's Better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, there's so many people that have been using BetterHelp that they're now recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. We have a special offer for our Hollywood Raw listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Hollywood Raw. All right, guys, let's get back to it. You know, obviously you went on The Bachelorette, but before you go on The Bachelorette, you're a good-looking guy, you're a former NFL player, you got shit going on. How was dating for you in New York City? Were you were you cleaning up? Were you on the apps? I, 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 so I, I guess I, I, I think everyone puts like builds out an app profile. I never use the apps. Even I wasn't even a dater in New York City. Everyone's like, oh, this what's the New York dating scene like? Like it must be it must be so lovely. I was in a relationship before I went on the show for four, four over four years. Um, and then after that, I really took a time, took a lot of time for myself to build career 
I was dealing with a lot of stuff with family. My mom passed away at the time. Um, and honestly, for about three years, I dated maybe two, two people, two, three people. And nobody believes me when I say that. Um, but I really took the time to focus on myself because I, I, I knew that if I didn't handle business at that stage in my life, I was never going to be able to make and build a foundation for a long career. Um, but I think with everything too, like it's so easy to get in that mode in that rut of isolating yourself from everyone. Um, and then I ended up, you know, at a certain point, just realizing I was doing all this cool shit. I was around so many amazing people. I was more successful than when I was playing football, making more money, you know, at different stages than that. But I also realized like I wasn't enjoying things as much as I would have liked to, because at the end of the day, like these experiences are meant to be enjoyed with somebody else and other people. And um, I ended up going on the show, like after a lot of back and forth, A, to just really give up control um, and B, put myself out there um, and show, you know, myself, but also like how I was raised, like what I stand for. Um, and I don't know. It was the best decision of my life. One, one of the best decisions of my life, without a doubt. Go, going on the show was one of the best decisions of your life. Yeah, I, th I think really? I, I, without a doubt. Like, um, and, you know, I've, I, I haven't talked a lot about the relationship and neither has Claire. And, um, you know, and with us, we're really, really focused on one another and just <clears throat> building things properly. And it's been it's been great during this time, but even reflecting back, like I've gotten the question so many times, like, do you regret it? Will you, would you change anything? I wouldn't change anything for the, for the world. You know, I I've grown so much throughout this, um, have challenged myself. I met one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life and whether there's challenges or not, um, it's one of those situations while obviously, you know, we're, we're not talking publicly about, you know, our situation and we'll do that in, in, in due time, but we love and care about one another. And, um, you know, I've, I've just grown a lot from the entire experience. I've, I've learned a lot about how to handle myself in stressful situations. You learn a lot about media. I mean, everyone talks about like preparing for, uh, you know, going on the show and what happens after, obviously we're doing it in a pandemic as well. And it's, you just got to live and you got to learn a little bit, you know? Can you confirm that you guys are in fact back together? Cause I guess that's the big rumor. We've seen photos of you guys out in New York and kind of kissy and all yeah. of that. And everyone's <laughs> been speculating. Are they together? Are you guys? Yeah. So, I mean, we've never hid throughout this entire time that we've been around each other or, you know, like we're not going and like trying to hide out from people and mask, like, wear a mask and a hoodie and sunglasses. Um, so we, you know, we've definitely taken time and we're spending time together. Um, Claire and I are like, we're in a good place. And when the time's right, we'll definitely talk about all those things. Uh, but again, for right now, we've, we're, we're just focused on one another um, and we're keeping things private and, and that's working for us. And in, in due time, we'll, we'll speak about that together. Does she still wear the engagement ring? Uh, Claire still has, uh, the ring and all the things. So, um, <laughs> no, but I, I, with anything, 
and this is what I've always said, you know, as we work through things, like if we're together, we're together. If we're, we're not, we're not. Um, and again, we haven't talked about uh, anything publicly and, you know, I'm not going to go into details on everything um, just because again, we'll do that when, when we're together. And, uh, but again, we're just, we're just in a good place. And just like with every relationship, we're just working through things and supporting one another and, um, yeah, just taking it as it comes. Well, we're rooting for you guys. We're rooting I mean, for I, you guys. A lot of Bachelor Nation is. We yeah. want to see you guys succeed. At the end of the day, that's what it really comes down to. Everyone's, did... Everyone wants to see a good ending. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's the thing. Like, everyone's like, oh, like, there's this top secret mission. Like, what's going on? You guys are hiding out. You're trying to keep this from us. No, we're like – we're just living life and we're doing it and being present with one another. And it's, it's, it's been great to be able to go about it that way. And again, um, the question is going to come up all the time and everyone will know in due time. So we'll I was going to, the, the one last thing I was going to ask about it was that, um, you know, there's been a lot of stories and listen, I don't know if they're true or not. There's been a lot of stories about the distance being difficult for you guys, her in LA, you in New York, I did see her post a video. It looked like it was inside of an empty apartment in New York. Is there any chance of her moving to New York? Oh, I mean, I can't, I can't speak for Claire on any of those things. So, again, like we're just uh, taking things uh, as they come. And, um, you know, who knows? That like right now, again, we're just uh, taking time and focusing on one another and everything else will work itself out. Awesome. You guys had the little bit of a, you know, you know, obviously you guys had the little bit of a breakup. There was a little bit of he say, she say. It was, it was a whole like kind of weird thing. How did you guys re kind of kindle? How did that kind of come back to, you know, the core and say, hey, you know, we there's something there? Yeah, I, I mean, I with everything that occurred in again, like I'm not going to go into too many details on all those things like at the base foundation, no matter what anyone says, no matter what social media and stuff tries to um portray or media you know how certain things went out like claire and i like love each other we love each other tremendously that was never a question you know that's always been the clearest and most understood thing with us from the beginning and i think just with any situation in any relationship if you love and care for someone regardless of what happens um you know if it's meant to be, you'll find your, your, yourselves back together at, at some, at some point. And I truly believe that. So, um, I think that's like the answer for a lot of things. Um, and I don't know, I'll just leave it at that. Last question. The last time we saw you on TV together, you two were engaged. Do you still consider yourself an engaged, an engaged guy? I mean, I'll just say again, like Claire and I are in a good place. Uh, we're just focused on one another and, uh, you know, when we're together, we'll talk about those things uh, collectively and just leave it at that. All right, cool. So wait, I want to also go into how you ended up on The Bachelor. Well, hold on. Like, I got a question that we need to get to because we were talking about modeling and then we got into Claire because there was a very famous modeling shoot that you did that made a lot of rounds and it wasn't the Nike brand. It wasn't the, you know, oh, Hill no. figure, the other stuff. Tell me more about the photo shoot you did for the Halloween costumes because I saw it on like TMZ and everyone. Existence and a lot of people actually have those, and I, I never thought it would see the light of day. It was something that was internal, um, and I remember when I went for it, it was like I thought it was like a Broadway 
uh, costume type situation. And, and then I showed up. There was Spartacus there. Yeah. Well, I showed up and it was something completely different. I was three hours or three hours outside of the city. And I was like, what the hell am I going to do right now? Um, but I remember taking the job, like at that stage, um, you know, my family was even going through some stuff and I was like, whatever, I'll take this. It's, it's paying really well for, you know, only a few hours. Um, but I took that gig and I literally cringe every time I see it. And I have for years, that was like four years, four plus years ago. Um, and after I did it the one time when we ran through some things, I was like, I'm not doing this again. Um, but I will say like at that stage in the game, like whatever, like party city helped pay my parents rent for, uh, hey, five the, months. And that the money was good. Then it was worth it. You yeah. best looking taco man we've ever seen. Hey, hey one thing, and this is what you <laughs> learn about social media and everything. Like if you can't lean into something and make fun of yourself, then you know, you're, you're going to have some difficulty with those things, but it's it, whatever the case, it's a part of a, uh, it's a part of life. Uh, I've done a lot of other ones that I'm way more proud of, but at the end of the day, it's funny. If you can point, po- uh, poke fun at yourself, it's all good things. You're not the only one who's done that, by the way, a lot of like, I've seen, a, I know a lot of people personally who've done the same party city stuff and they no, have the no, same no, sex no, story no, as you. They, they say we'll never see the light of day and everything, but they also don't expect for you to, um, be on Total a show, part of city. the most, <laughs> yeah, the most popular reality show in the history of television, <laughs> and having it drug around. But whatever the case, I do love tacos. Taco Tuesday is one of my favorite days, um, and like it is what it is. Cares. So, what was the audition like to get on the Bachelorette? Like, did you have to make a video? Uh, did you make a home video? What did you do? I was uh, I was nominated. So I was nominated by. Um, like uh, a close friend. So Ty Ty, she's like a little sister to me here in New York. And I remember um, she's like, I'm going to nominate you because you never date anybody. I never see you with anybody. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Do what you do. And I got a call in San Diego. I was with my family down there. And, um, you know, it was the casting uh, agents for the, for the show. And they're like, hey, you know, we're with The Bachelorette. Would you be interested in this? And I was like, I took the call. I was like, I mean, yeah, you know, send me more details. But at that time, I didn't think much of it. And I really had no intention of uh, of fully doing the show. It was just kind of odd to me. And at, keep in mind at that time, like I hadn't been dating. I had been just really focused on myself. Career and everything was um, honestly some of the best like it had been. Um, went through the interview processes a little a little more. And I think the biggest thing for me was once it got down to the final process, obviously I made an uh, audition tape so people could learn a little bit more about me. Um, I didn't know who was going to be the lead. And that is something that really made me uncomfortable. Um, I'm 32, you know, well on into like my career. Um, And then, so I kind of held out to like the last minute. I remember it was like eight days before we were supposed to leave. Um, and I still hadn't finalized sending all my stuff in and I was having a really tough time committing to it. And then, um, Claire was announced as the bachelorette and that's truly the thing that made me a lot more comfortable. And like, right after that, I remember talking to a producer and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm in, I feel like, uh, and for me, 
um, how she carried herself on GMA, and also just the fact that I felt that she could really handle like real life shit, um, and that she was going to be really in invested was a major thing for me. Um, because you go into these shows, not really knowing what to expect, but I, I had prepared myself. If I do this, I'm going to like leave it all on the table, like any limiting beliefs, anything with family, all these things. Like I'm not going to shy away from the story and my life and what's made me the man I am today. So I was prepared to share any and everything, um, as I went on the show. So it's, uh, it's, it's interesting you say that because I feel that there's a lot of contestants that are on the show that say like, oh, I'm on here because I found out so-and-so was going to be The Bachelor. And I'm thinking the timeline between audition process and being on the show is so tight that I'm like, how can half these people know who the hell is going to be The Bachelorette uh, or The Bachelor? So I think like for you holding out to the last second, that is a true statement because I I've always questioned if, if it's true what people are saying on the show. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't know. And, you know, obviously, like with the whole the process, it's a drawn out process. And some people commit a little bit earlier. And like I, I could have done that. I just personally I remember holding off for a long time. And it wasn't because I just I really had to feel comfortable stepping into that position and for me, it wasn't so much about the production. It wasn't so much about the fact that I'd be on TV or that people would get a peek inside my life. It's like, who is going to be on the other side of this? Because, again, I always, you know, thought going through that process, like you can use this not even talking about publicity, but like or anything like that but to let go of a lot of the limiting beliefs you have to really tell your story, to tell your family story. But if you're going to do that properly and allow people to see your true self, you got to put it all on the line. And I wasn't willing to do that and really open up, especially with my family, because my family, I don't shy away from anything that's happened in our lives. But if I'm going to put that out there and give someone a peek inside, inside that world, um, you know, I have to really trust and believe that they'll be able to handle it. So you are the first people to really, you had an interesting season. You're not in the bachelor mansion. You guys yeah. had to stay at La Quinta, you know, how was it, uh, you know, you had to isolate from, how was it staying at that place? Honestly, it was, it was, I loved it. I, I loved it. I, think I could see being great. The bubble, the bubble I know for production was probably a nightmare, I think for the contestants, it was it, we lucked out with that situation, aside from the fact that it was 120 degrees every day in Palm Springs um, and we were just nonstop. But and I was there for a short span. Right. Um, but I was it was pretty amazing to see a production and what really goes on. And I mean, they've got it tuned in, you know what I'm saying? But it, it was, it, it was awesome because like, they really want you to focus solely on finding love, the relationship. Um, also like building a bond with the guys, you know, that's something that's not always shown. Um, but you spend a lot of time together. Um, and I, I loved every bit of it. It was, it Wait, was and you have no, you have no TV. No, nothing, can you read, nothing. can you, do you have books? Can you read a book? I mean, I did. I, I brought one book, but it was my uncle's book, um, and just to kind of keep me grounded and stuff. But I, most people didn't have books. Um, I, you, I, you don't. You have no electronics. Uh, you have no contact with the outside world. So you are really. I mean, it's all in. And when it like 
you're sitting in your thoughts, you're sitting in this, but it really forces you to communicate and talk about things. Um, and it, it challenges you a lot because in most settings, especially now when you see people just like glued to their phones all the time, um, you got to put your head up, you got to really talk through things. And there's a lot of unknown situations and variables and you have to be extremely vulnerable because nobody's been in that situation before. And you don't have anyone to like give you advice because no one's been there before. So you're all thrown in here, 32 plus men and going for what you believe is going to be, you know, the, the woman of your dreams. And at the same time, you have to still build this respect and this bond within the people that you're per se competing with. And it's, it's, it's a challenging thing. Um, some people excel at it and some people really, really struggle. So you're, you're stuck in quarantine. You've got all these days to think about, you know, meeting with Claire and how the dates are going to go. How was the food though? Most importantly, <laughs> how was the food? food. It's because all about ABC's delivering you guys food or the <laughs> resort's delivering you food. How was that? Um, everything was good. I, and I, I grub, I love to eat. I love the, like we had obviously everything that we needed. Um, and it was, it was pretty much, I'll say like almost like on demand. Um, the, the early stages, um, we had to go through a really intense quarantine phase, which, um, you know, is obviously publicly known. So that was a little bit where you get a little bit stir crazy because you couldn't leave your room. Uh, it was like eight days and, what how i got by i ordered so much room service it was <laughs> ridiculous to the point like i put my own card down because i i felt guilty for what i was doing um <laughs> but that's all i just slept grub ate um well, did you have to did you have to buy booze so if you got like a glass of wine did you have to buy that or was or was that all on abc's tab no, I mean, they, they have, they have everything there that we would need. Um, I just, someone who like, I don't, I feel bad asking for things. So I was like, at a certain point I was like, damn, I can't be having <laughs> drink, after drink after drink after drink. Let me just order a bottle of wine. <laughs> and then I'm going to sit here in my thoughts and visualize um, what I'm going to say on night one. That's so great. Well, actually, so when it goes to night one, you're in the limo, you're pulling up. We've seen people show up on horses. We've seen these grand entrances. How much did you have that scripted uh, in your head, what you're going to do, what you're going to say to Claire? Like, because other people have these grand entrances. You just came out of the limo. She fell for you right away. We know the story. But did you know what you were going to do going in? I so the first time all I wanted to do is go out and be myself. Uh, and, and when you look at it, like anyone that knows me sees it and they're like, oh, my God, you I've never seen you more nervous. And I can hear it in my voice. Um for a short stint, I was thinking maybe I could do this and something funny, but that's, that's just not my style. Like what you see is what you get. I'm usually like really just calm. Um, you know, I always say that I want people to feel my presence and, uh, feel my energy, you know, my heart. And I, I didn't feel comfortable doing anything, but being myself and everyone is nervous. Um, some people hide it better than others. And I was good. When I stepped out the limo, I was like feeling good. I tucked my shirt in and everything like that. And as soon as I started walking up, I got, I like almost blacked out. It was, it was, it was the weirdest, weirdest thing. Um, I forgot different things I was going to say, but I think that just shows like how vested and how prepared going into it and how much 
I wanted to not only impress Claire, um, but everything that you saw as far as a connection just instantly in like feeling someone's energy and spirit, like that was all real. What, what is it like dating in front of cameras? Listen, I, I've been married for 13 years now, so I can't even like possibly fathom going on like first dates at this moment. But then having cameras watch you as if first dates aren't awkward enough, but yeah. then like knowing that the world's going to watch your awkward first date. What is that like? It's it's it takes some adjustment. It takes some adjustment. Um, and anyone who says it's not bad, <clears throat> excuse me, that they just disappear like right away, I, I think is lying. Um, it was weird because you're talking openly and just naturally there's a lot of setup. Obviously there's, there's cameras all over the place. Um, but after a few, uh, of the dates and, uh, you know, you get used to all the other things that are going on, um, spending more time with the guys and understanding that people are kind of going through the same thing that you are. It definitely does get easier. Um, you know, after, it, well, I'll, I'll go by episode breakdown after like the second episode um, in my eyes, like the cameras completely disappeared. But, you know, the things that you don't see is the moments. And these are the special moments <clears throat> um, when you're on the show, the, the the time where the cameras aren't fully on you. And it may be 30 seconds. It may be a minute. It may, it, it you know, or however long and you have these conversations where you can tell that they're completely open free and this is early on right and th those are the little things that um really help you understand a person's true spirit and a person's true heart and i know like on the first day um i remember like we're about to finish we're going into the first rose ceremony and it's like i feel like it was like four in the morning um, and I remember, uh, after I got the first impression rose, I was walking with Claire and we're walking back to, uh, head to the rose ceremony and we're like, we're walking in slow motion. And it's just cause we were so tired and we were just joking around having fun. And like that 32nd moment, um, was something that stuck with me, you know, to this day. And, I think everyone has those small moments that makes them more sure about not only themselves, but also what they're there for. And those are what you have to hold on early on um, until you get more time or until you get more comfortable with camera. How was, uh, how was Chris Harrison? Was he a cool guy? Like, what, you know, was he just super relaxed and calm? He's got like the, he, ha I, he, what, he has the best gig on TV. I hope he comes back, <laughs> you know, but it's like, how was he? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I had nothing but a great experience with everyone on the show, the producers, Chris, um, and he's very honest, but he, I know that he, like, he helped me out a lot. He helped a lot of the guys out a lot. Uh, yeah, we we'll definitely shoot it straight. He's obviously been through the show many times before, but I think Chris is a great guy. What's, what's your opinion of this whole thing, him not going to be hosting the next season? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know that it's... Uh, he's definitely going through a lot, um, you know, with probably having to make this adjustment, but with everything, it's a chance for growth for everyone involved. And I think we're, we're in a day and age, uh, especially over the last year where people are realizing, um, that their perspective review has to change 
um, from an understanding standpoint, like I said, like, I think Chris is a great guy. I've never had a, a bad experience with him, but I know that this is a definitely a time of growth for him. Uh, it's a gro- time of growth for the network as well. Um, and I know that he's, you know, put in some of the work and taken a step back. Um, I think they've done a great job by bringing in previous contestants who have been on the show to host this season. Um, because it's something that's not so foreign for the viewers and everyone who's followed these journeys over and over again. And you've got two great women who have been in the shoes of the the lead for this upcoming uh, season of The Bachelorette. And I know that they'll do an amazing job. And it's it'll be a unique situation, too, because they've been there directly. And I, I definitely feel for the lead, it's going to help her so much more because the challenges and the pressures that are put on them, like that's a lot, like that's a lot. And I, I have no concept of that. And I have no concept of something, you know, like what Matt James was going through in the production as a lead with everything circulating. But all I can say from my perspective is I know that it, it, it's a lot and you have to be strong willed. You have to really lean on the host, the producers, everyone involved to get through that because emotionally and mentally, it is such a challenge. When you uh, obviously your season ended a little bit short because you guys fell in love. She said, "I don't need to be with these other guys. I know you're the one." What was the vibe like when that happened? Were the producers pissed? Did you feel like guilt? And obviously, then it was a real quick. You had the decision where you had to decide if I'm going to propose within 24 hours or 12 hours. It was like, "Hey, yeah. you have to propose tonight." So I mean, obviously, there's a lot going on through your head. But what was the vibe like when all that was going down and the show's dynamic, which was planning to be filmed for a long time, their whole shooting schedule gets cut short. They, they're they like, fuck, we're going to have a shorter season. Yeah. I, when you're in it, you don't really, all the extra outside stuff you don't even think about. Um, again, I, I all I wanted from early on was to have one-on-one time and just really spend that time. So um, after that, honestly, Anything that happened, I was ready for. Going into the show, I was like, at the end of the day, in my heart, in my mind, this is before I even met Claire, um, was at the end, it's meant to be you and I, and that's the approach that I took the entire show. So while things happened early, um, it wasn't, you know, you everyone goes through their little nerves right away, but I was the most calm I had been probably like before the proposal. Um, and for me personally, um, I've never been afraid of commitment. Like there's nothing more that I've wanted in life than to have a family, to have kids. And while I haven't rushed into that, um, that's all I've ever known my entire life. And I, you know, thankfully by the grace of God, I have a great family structure and not only in my immediate family, all the way through my cousins and everyone. And and I, I, that's what I've always wanted to be as a father. Now, again, I know all that stuff happens in due time. Um, so when it came to the final stage, even though Claire and I didn't know each other long, um, the foundational pieces, uh, and I, you know, when it comes to love, like all that was real. And from that standpoint, whatever was needed in my belief is that, you know, you can work through certain things and just give it the time and attention that it needs. And in any situation, um, if it's meant to be, it'll work out in the end. 
do, do you still keep in contact with any of the other contestants? Because I don't know if, you know, they showed on the show that it, it seemed like you weren't really focused on making friends. You were focused, obviously, on Claire. And I don't know yeah. if that was strategy or what. But do you keep in contact with any of them? Oh, yeah. Like like all the guys like we were we were mad close. We were so close. And I didn't you know, we definitely had an, uh, a, a more mature group of guys, I would say. And the only reason I say that is because the, the cast was older than than previous seasons. Um, but we did I, like damn near everybody on the cast I talked to. And not only just once in a long while, it's on a regular basis. And that's what a lot of people don't see is the relationships that and the bonds that all the guys build. Also, when you're done with the show, you can sit back and realize the situations that you were in and what you were feeling in that and how a lot of things were misconstrued. Um, and that's also been something that's helped me tremendously. Like when, um, you know, Claire and I were going through some of our stuff, even, you know, with stuff with like... I was getting drugged through the mud in the media, you know, for things that weren't true with like the accusations, like that stuff never happened. You know, I've never cheated on anyone in my entire life. I have four sisters, been the man in the house since I was a young age. So many of the guys reached out and picked me up and they're like, hang in there, bro. Like, you don't like, we know that um, you're, you're a good man and you have nothing to worry about. All this is going to fade. And like, those are the things that kept me, really on the straight and narrow and kept me from going like honestly in like in, in a hole and just kind of feeling defeated so i thank the guys a lot for that because we spent time so much time together and they knew me on a very deep and personal level just like i know them yeah. so i i gotta be honest with you one of my guilty pleasures i love dumois I love Dubois. It's fun. It's great. It's a fun follow. If you don't know Dubois, they've been on our podcast. It's like this Instagram where they kind of have celebrity tips, celebrity stories. You're a popular guy on Dumois. You know, Dude, you're I, always on there. People text me like, it's like I, I have a tracking device on me. I walk around <laughs> the I, I, No, I swear. I swear. I didn't even know this stuff existed. And like, I've had servers at restaurants, like they're sending in my pictures and doing all this stuff. And like my, you know, people like my agent or, you know, clients will text me. They'll be like, dude, I can literally track you from Flatiron all the way down to the West Village, every movement you've made <laughs> on Doom Wall. And I'm like, holy shit, like what's going on here? But I, I don't, it is what it is. Like my movements and my, like they don't change. My life hasn't changed a lot since after the show. And obviously we're in a pandemic, but I go to the same places. I hang out with the same people I've hung out with for, you know, three plus years. Um, I eat at the same places and like I'm six, four, like black dude, in New York city, always wearing my Yankees cap. I'm not, I mean, I'm not too easy to miss. So it is what it is. <laughs> and there's nothing going on in the city, man. Like it's starting to it's come true. back. But like, think about like during all this time, like this was a ghost town um, and I, there is not a lot of media and things to cover, but I don't know. It is what it is. Well, I guess there, there was a lot of obviously rumors <laughs> flying around there. You kind of briefly touched on the the rumors of infidelity. Like how did, how did these rumors make you feel? You know, did they hurt your relationship at all? Yeah. I mean, that everybody's a source, but like that was never a conversation even at like at, you know, when we went through our split, 
it was it wasn't even a thing that is something that people would like sit on um it was never even a topic of conversation and i've heard and talked to a lot of people uh on previous seasons and they said the number one thing that caused a lot of difficulties is everybody's a source like who's like who are these sources coming from uh because we're not saying anything and you got to really look past that and just really focus on one another but i mean that sucked because when things are going at your character and something that you're completely against those are the hardest things to really handle and i thought more than anything about where i grew up in south dakota i love where i grew up and i since the time i was in middle school high school through college you know have worked with so many kids in the community um you know was a star athlete throughout and when i go home like pre-show anything everybody knows me and my family and we worked really hard to build a name and respect and to carry ourselves properly um so that's something that stung the most but it was short-lived i mean at the end of the day like i go to bed at night and not sweat about like whether those things were truthful or not because that's not in my character um and it's just a learning experience whenever you're dealing with media sometimes they can get things right and sometimes they can get things wrong and when they get things wrong in a big way um it can really challenge how you handle things and it can also it, it just makes it so you have to be really strong and sound within your relationship as well have you had to readjust your friendship circle because i know this happens a lot when people get super famous and they find out some of their friends may be a little loose-lipped have you had to do any of that adjustment i mean honestly for the most part I I haven't. Um, I, I've been fortunate to have very strong, healthy relationships in most every aspect of my life. Um, I've definitely adjusted, you know, certain things and my, uh, my movements a little bit. I think with anything, friendships and relationships have to change more. So the fact that the public eye is one thing, but when you're in a relationship and that's what, you know, something that I've learned, uh, more so, but, I don't know. I guess I've tightened up, but my core group of friends, like they're all as real as they come. And I've learned some hard lessons lessons for sure. Um, but again, I've, I've just tried to tighten up overall with uh, who I'm around, who I'm communicating with, um, and also just really focus on some of the projects and the goals that I have going on. Yeah. So let's get into that. I know you know, I want to know what's next for you. We know that you do a lot of work with the Special Olympics. We know yeah. that you just signed with one of the biggest modeling agencies in the world. What else do you want to do? We, we talked about you wanted to get into hosting. You're interested in obviously doing podcasts and doing some digital hosting. What, you know, what's, what else do you want to do? What's next for you? Yeah, so uh, obviously Special Olympics and philanthropic endeavors have been a big thing for me um, for years. Um, and we're going to continue doing those things next year. Uh, the special Olympics winter games is actually in Russia. So we're preparing, raising a lot of funds for that. I'll be, I'll be going across the pond. Um, I'm working collectively with Roosevelt's, which is a, an apparel company usually specializes in pop culture. You know, they're doing all like the star Wars, like print tees and all that. Um, you know, and I can't share a ton of details on it right now, but we're uh, developing lines um, for inclusive uh, apparel for those with physical and intellectual disabilities. Um, and we want to use that platform to really uh, just grow awareness, raise funding, and also just with anything, 
um, support causes that we care about. Um, I, you know, as I've started getting back into the mix more uh, in, in light and in the midst of a pandemic, um, launching an Instagram live series and really just working with and speaking with people who are really shifting the way we think culturally and really creating an impact. Um, I hopped on with Sarah Jakes Roberts, who just launched her book, um, and she's amazing. Uh, T.D. Jakes. Uh, yeah, T.D. Jakes' daughter. Yeah, T.D. Jakes' daughter. She was awesome. Really yeah, cool, she's, she's, a, cool she's, a, she's a beautiful soul. Um, and it was great because in 10 to 15 minutes, if you can really steer uh, a strong interview and you can really hit on key topics in Ox- and that people need to hear right now, um, you can have a powerful piece in a short stint. Um, I've got a lot of other amazing guests that are in line, which I'm going to start sharing. Um, and then from there, uh, I want to keep producing. I want to keep um, working with other talent and trying to enhance their stories. So whether that's on a podcast, uh, whether I end up doing that more consistently as things open up um, with a show or a network, that's what I've always wanted to do. Um, I think one of the the coolest and truest um, things that I've heard, and this is something that spoke to me a lot, is Pharrell when he was on a Goop podcast. And he talked about how he doesn't write music for himself. He writes music for other people. And he knows that his gift is like holding up that mirror and helping other people see their true potential. And I believe that. I believe, you know, a great storyteller, a great host, a great guide, their goal is to help enhance the voices of other people that eventually will help improve everybody's lives. And that's that's why I've always been drawn to that medium of of hosting and a media personality. So and I lastly, know we're kind of wait. I know we're running out of time, Adam. I if you've got one other question, I just I want to say do my, fan chat roulette with him because last I, question. Yeah, before we do fan okay. chat roulette, we'll explain to what fan chat roulette. Do we see yourself becoming a father pretty soon? <laughs> I mean, <there's, laughs> like, um, you know, I'm not in a rush for that. I think like uh, I, I I'm ready for when that time comes, but um, that hasn't been in the conversation or or, or anything right now. I'm just, uh, but again, that's God's plan. I'll say that. So I want to get to fan question. It's fan question. Really. We call it the wrong thing. It's still new for us, (laughs) but what we we've started doing is we've had, we're having our, our podcast fans submit questions for celebrities like yourself without knowing what celebrity is going to be on our podcast. So we just kind of spin the wheel, see what question comes up. Adam and I have not seen the questions ourselves. No They've idea. just submitted. Our producers have dropped them in a bucket. So can we play one or two for you and you can answer them? Yep, let's go. All right. So this one, all I know is her name is Shannon. So here we go. Let's see what Shannon has. Hi, my name is Shannon. I am from Omaha, Nebraska. And I actually have two very important questions for you. One, how do you feel about pineapple and pizza? And two, toilet paper over or under? Oh, Very important question. Does it go? Under I hate pineapple pizza. It's confusing. <laughs> it doesn't work for me. I don't understand it. I don't care what anyone thinks. It's not my vibe. And then, what, okay, toilet paper. Yeah. This is, now this one. This one will tell me a lot about you. So over, is this like you wrap it around your hand? Like no, 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 no. How it's on the roll? 
like on the little holder. Like when it's on the side of the toilet, is it hanging over or is it just laying draping down? Draping down, yeah. Um, over. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, Good answer. Answer. Under is probably the prop. I mean, I, I, under is weird. Under, like, honestly, who wants to grab under? under? It's like awkward. As long as I can pull the toilet paper and get the job done, <laughs> it's thick enough that my fingers don't break through. That's all that matters. All right, we got one more. That's enough information. <laughs> one more for you from Nick. What's up, Dax and Adam? My question is: If you were a potato, how would you want to be cooked? <laughs> Me, babe. No, no, no. Uh, that's important. <laughs> I, I don't know. Baked, dude. I totally want to be baked. Um, <laughs> French fries for sure. I'm, right? I'm joking about that. Um, <laughs> how would you want to be cooked? How do you like? But yeah, I'd like to be some hash browns. Ooh, okay. that's a good. I love that's me fun. some breakfast hash browns early, start the day right. So that's that's how I'd, I'd like to be cooked. Crisp cut fries right here. That's what I want. Yeah, Deep gotta fried. be crispy, extra crispy. <laughs> I like awesome, me for, I like I want to be frozen. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what they. <laughs> All right, listen. You can keep up with Dale Moss on Instagram at Dale Moss. He's a he's a fun follow. He's on TikTok too. He just posts. He's doing a lot of content and he's doing these Instagram lives, like he said, and they're really great listens. And he's talking to very influential people. And uh, we're excited to see what's next for you, bud. You, you know, you have All a right. lot of talent. You have a lot of ambition. You got a lot of drive. You mix that together with some good looks. And I think something good's gonna happen. So uh, yeah, thank you for coming on the course. podcast, bud. Indeed, and I appreciate y'all having me. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to be your first interview uh, in months and months and months. I mean, that yeah. honestly, we we appreciate that. You know, you trust us, and you, you came here, and and that says a lot. So thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's all it's always good vibes, and it, it's it's just really good to. Um, uh, I don't know, I'm just in a good place, and it's it's always good to have a conversation. Uh, we all grow from this. So, well, that was awesome. That was right? fun. Interesting. I, I always love just to hear sort of like the behind the scenes and the journey and kind of the, the making of a show like The Bachelor. I just love to hear like if I was like a fly in the wall that show is being made. I think it's just a really fun. I don't know. I, it's and it's we've just... had some we've had some amazing guests. I mean, we've we've had uh, Trisha. We've had. Andy Dorfman. We've had who else? We, we've had Chad. The we've had Chad Corinne Olympios. I mean, we've had some pretty had a lot big yeah. <laughs> names from the Bachelor and Bachelorette franchises, and it never gets old to me. I'm These always, people are fascinating. I'm always curious. About, I'm always curious about the experiences, but for some reason, I'm always curious about the food. Like, is the food good? Mm -hmm. Do they feed you well? Like, that's just I feel like a grandmother. Just like, did they feed you well? Um, or, but, or what? What? What do you do on your downtime? And be, and because their season was a little different because it was shot during COVID. You know, they were quarantining. It was just a different situation. I mean, than what a lot of the other seasons had to go through too. Also ended insanely early. I mean, that's never happened before. So uh, I mean, no, never has a contestant come on the show and kind of just locked in the final rows within 20 seconds really of being on the show. I mean, it's pretty incredible. So uh, thanks okay. to Dale Moss for coming on this podcast. Thank you guys for listening. You can see the video portion of this podcast on uh, YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, 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 TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. Uh, we're on all the social media platforms. You can find me at, at Adam Glynn, G-L-Y-N. You can find Dax Holt at D-A-X-H-O-L-T. And we'll see you guys next time. Ahora Media Production.